What's up, party people? This is the Coaster Cuzzies podcast. Our hosts have gone far and wide to bring you a large variety of content for today's listening pleasure. Logan goes to Callaway Park, some dinosaur place, and the Calgary Zoo. Mitch went and lived in a fantasy world over in Europe. On today's part one episode, we're going to talk about Trips Drill, Europa Park, and Holiday Park. Feeling amazing, Mitch. How are you? <laughs> well, as you will hear from being back myself, being back in North America, I am bad. I have been back as the date of this recording. I have been back for just over a week, like a week and a couple days. Yeah. And a, a month ago today that we record that we're recording this, I was at Plopsaland. So I wish I was there. And uh, I, yeah. That is uh, that is how I am, and it has not been fun being back in Toronto at all. Not even a little I don't, bit. I don't blame you. It looks like you were in a, a really cool spot, and, and to come back to reality, probably probably not the best thing for the mental health. No, definitely not. After four weeks of A, not working, first of all, which is personally the best thing in the world, uh, <laughs> but also a full-on just like vacation time where it was just so experiencing new things, like the theme parks it, themselves were exciting and different, as you guys heard from the trip reports and as we're going to get more into today. But then Berlin was amazing. And then Greece at the end was just phenomenal. So it was, it's hard to come back to that. So I have been trying to enjoy the, the city. I'm glad it's the summer. Then coming back in the winter would be terrible. So trying to keep my head up, stay positive. But at the end of the day... It's going to take a long time to me to get back to uh, reality here. So, yeah, that's how I've been. How have you been? Are you settled in the new place now? I am. Um, but I got to get away from the new place for a little bit this weekend. Uh, I got some family friends that live out in the country, a couple cities down from where I live. And uh, they've got like this nice bee farm slash pool slash getaway cabin thing and they went to yellowstone so we are house sitting so we house sat this weekend out in the country with very little internet and um very little people around us and it was very refreshing wow that is a very nice break from the city did hudson enjoy a big backyard to wander oh, around yeah. in he was he was such a good boy he oh. um, you know he off leash just on property for like the first time he loved that Oof. um listened to everything we said it was it was uh fantastic amazing that sounds like a nice break even if it's just a vacation to rural missouri it's still mm-hmm. a vacation felt like vacation and it, and it reset my mind a little bit so that was fantastic I, I liked that a lot yellowstone sounds like i would i've been near yellowstone a bunch of times it's quite close to calgary where i grew up and we always talked about going but never yeah. did, and I I do regret it because I've been to you know that part of Idaho, that part of Montana, but it looks so nice. Yeah, that's that's definitely on the bucket list for me too. They should just put a roller coaster right in the middle of the park so I can go. Yeah, I have a reason to go. I'm sure we can Absolutely. get that passed. We'll write a yeah. letter. I I think so. I think I think it'll then again it will flood the city or the park. I mean, with coaster enthusiasts, do we want coaster enthusiasts discovering Yellowstone? I don't know. I don't know about that. That's a good point. 
Oh, by the way, we have a little bit of a different episode if you haven't figured it out yet, Alessa knows. Well, it's it's kind of different. It's it's essentially the exact same of what we just did, but um Logan is going to be communicating via phone call for this podcast. He's going to call us in the middle of our recording. He's going to probably annoy us because we'll be talking about something really important, but he's going to be like, hey guys, you know, I went out west to Canada and uh, here's some Canadian things. You know, it's just going to be some of that, but he'll, he'll be on the show. So it'll be good. It's doing redemption than what I did in Europe. When I kept calling y'all, it was beep, beep, you know, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. And call I me, wanted beat me if you want to reach me. If you want to... It's okay. Whatever you need me, baby. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Yeah. We are available for hire as singers <laughs> and entertainers. Especially if it's the Kim Possible theme song. Is that what is that is? It, especially if it's a Kim Possible themed birthday party or wedding. That that we're, we're there. I can be your hamster. <laughs> the naked mole rat. Wow. Naked mole hamster. rat. <laughs> yeah, I'll be your naked mole rat. Um, these are 18 plus parties though. Yes. Wow. Yes. At this yes, point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That was a naked mole rat. It was. But I do hear, now that, I, now that we're talking about this, I hear the slight faint ringing of Mr. Logan interrupting us in the middle of our Kim possible pitch for a wedding. Like, I want to hear about Alberta, but Logan, this is not, this is a time and place, but should we answer? Let's talk about my power move. Yeah, go ahead and answer. All right, let's answer. Let's hear what he has to say about, I guess, Dino Land Canada. Howdy, y'all. I'm in fucking Dino Land. (laughs) I'm in Alberta. I'm in a new province. This is really weird. Very overwhelming. We left at 7.30 this morning, made it to Hannah, which is the town that the Nickelback band, they're fucking disgusting. I cannot stand their music, but that that's the town that they grew up in and became a thing. So we went and checked that out, but not because of fucking Nickelback, but because the girlfriend grew up there. We did that. I did some lane swim with old ladies. I saw fucking windmills on the way out, like wind turbine shit. Holy fuck, wind turbines are really, really fucking cool. <laughs> there were even some on a train like go check out the alberta shit on my instagram if you want to see wind turbines on a train it was so cool um anyway I, I digress we eventually got to the badlands dino land canada whatever the fuck we want to call it it's super cool you're at like the bottom of this mountain that's in the middle of the prairies i think they call that a valley right top of a mountain mountain is high valley is low Ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low. I don't know the rest of the song. What were we talking about? Dinos. Dinosaur land. Badlands, Alberta. Yeah, Drumheller. So you go down like this long, windy road that goes down through the mountain. I mean the valley. And then you get to like this really tacky tourist town that has like dinosaurs on like all the street corners. They had some themed up to like fucking, what's it, Dino from the Flintstones. That one was really cool. They got the world's largest dinosaur downtown. And then on the more sciencey side of things, they have the Royal Tyrell Museum, which is North America's largest solely dedicated museum to fossils and stuff. Honestly, probably one of the biggest in the world. They got a ton of really cool molds of like fossils and skeletons of all like a bunch of old stuff, whether it was dinosaurs, the dinosaurs in the sea or the dinosaurs in the sky. They had like old shells and shit. 
just really, really cool. I'm sure Mitch will give you a whole history lesson, or maybe has given you as a whole history lesson on what Drumheller is and how it all came to be, why the fuck are there dinosaurs in the middle of nowhere, Canada? But it was really cool. Lots of fun stuff to see there. It felt like we were almost in Jurassic Park a little bit, but like an ethical Jurassic Park and not like the Jurassic Park that nearly wiped out humanity. Uh, don't even get me started on Jurassic World. That was a complete train wreck, but fun movies. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The last one was a little iffy, but the first one was quite fun. Second one, mm, Chef's Kiss. Horror movie as Jurassic World. Fucking fantastic. Maisie, also fantastic name for a child. I like dinosaurs, if that's not easy enough to tell. But uh, yeah, we hung out at the museum for a couple of hours, and then we wandered around a bunch of like fucking sand dunes and like all the old layers. Like you can see in the one story on Instagram, I was like explaining how they have like different layers of shit. So like the one layer was like all ash from like volcanoes and stuff, but then there are more layers that used to be like seabed floor and things. But then you're able to like climb up the valley and actually like hands on feel all these different layers of rock and sediment and stuff. It was just really cool. Um, but yeah, that was friggin' Drum Heller, and now we are off to Mitch's hometown of Calgary. So excited to see how that goes. I'm uh I, I'm looking forward to this trip to Calgary. We got uh, Callaway tomorrow, but more importantly the Riders game against the Stampeders for the Wild West Showdown Saturday afternoon. So uh, I'm sure I'll check back in with you at either Callaway or the Riders game, depending on how the day goes. Bye bye. I had no idea, Mitch, until last year when I went to Pittsburgh that that dinosaurs messed around in Montana and they messed around in Wyoming. And I don't know why I didn't think they just wouldn't want to go a little bit more north up to Canada and hang out in the colder weather, but tons of dinosaurs right there, right? Did you wait, why why did you find that out in Pittsburgh? Because they have um they have a T Rex there. Oh, that's random. So I read about well they got like uh some paleontology stuff. Um, in Pittsburgh is at, at their uh, what's that museum called? Oh, I don't remember the name of it. I'm not gonna remember the name of it at all. But we went and saw some dinosaurs in Pittsburgh. Really cool but yes, museum. You're right. The that whole area, 65 million years ago of mm-hmm. Montana, Wyoming, Alberta, was a shallow sea in a tropical area. So there was lots of flora, fauna that like grew in amongst that areas. Dinosaurs that died in the ocean, that sort of thing. So right when the dinosaurs were ending, when when they were going away, when the meteor and the Cretaceous period, um, it was a very very um, uh, bustling lifestyle. So that's why there's so many. Um, plants and animals and fossils and dinosaurs up in uh, up in Alberta. Lots of I think there's like they find Velociraptor skeletons up in Alberta. So yeah, lots of uh, lots of lots of cool stuff. I love Drumheller. It was kind of a de- day trip uh, destination for me as a kid because it's about ninety minutes from Calgary, yeah. and it's fun. It's like a tacky touristy town, but. Um, if anyone saw Logan's stories from, oh my God, that is the biggest bee I've ever seen. Okay, sorry, that was just very distracted from like the, oh my God, that is a giant bee. Is it a bumblebee? I, I don't know. It's fucking huge. It's like this big. The place it, I stayed at was a bee farm, by the way. Oh. Yeah, that bee's you, there. Did you see like lots of fat, cute bees? Yeah. See, I like those. This one didn't look that nice, but anyways. Uh, yes, I don't know if anyone saw Logan's stories. But it is a really interesting part of Alberta where it's like badlands tucked in between um, 
prairie basically so you drop down and it's all rock and deserty it's very cool very cool place and i can't wait to hear what uh well i mean i haven't heard it yet but i can't wait to see i really enjoyed listening to it you actually did hear it already i i did yes yeah absolutely (laughs) i did that's right um but yes maybe now that logan's done interrupting us for the entire episode we can talk yeah. a little bit about, yeah, God, I hope so. We can talk a little bit about what I did in Europe. Where where did I go first, Mr. Coaster Bro? Looking that up right now. Okay. You, you went to a little park that uh, I actually had a lot of interest in. Um, but, I mean, before we go in, though, like, what was your approach here? I've never done a Europe mm-hmm. vacation. Like, how did you pick the parks you picked? I want to hear that first. It's hard to say because, like, you're constrained by time, which is the big, which is the biggest one, and then distance and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I went with my friend Will, who was another coaster enthusiast who I met through the, my Instagram. And the thought, fo- the thought process to approach this was: we had a couple parks that we were number one. We absolutely needed to go to without any shred of a doubt. So mm-hmm. my number one was Fantasyland and Will's number one was Europa Park. So we that's nice. how we started. And we knew it would be Germany because those two are the number one parks we individually wanted to go to. Like we've both been to Disneyland Paris. So we mm-hmm. didn't we didn't plan to go to France at all. And Will had a concert where he had to be in this place called Lille, France. It's in northern France. So we knew we wanted to end in northern France. But we know we wanted to go to Germany. So we're like, Europa's the farthest south. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. So that's how we started. And then we just wor- literally worked our way up from there. Wow. So we, we said we were starting, go- we're going to go to Europa. And then we basically just followed the, whatever, however we went up there to Fantasyland, which is why we also had a holiday park in there. But then after Fantasyland was a big question mark because we, there in that area, that's when you start getting things like Efteling, Bobby and Land, mm-hmm. Wallaby Holland, yeah. Wallaby Belgium. Lots of things. So it was a bit more of a like, what is there? Or what are we going to get for a bang for a buck? Because Will's been to Efteling and I did want to go, but um, we decided to go for the coat. This was a coaster heavy trip. We didn't go to a lot of the small parks, um, yeah. obviously, besides Holiday Park. Everything we went to was like ones that enthusiasts would want to go to. And then next time I go to Europe, I'd want to spend more time and go to Efteling, go to um, go to something else like a Hansa Park or something like that. So that was that was the overall thought process. But it was like a two or three hour FaceTime call to really decide the itinerary and the general um, route that we were going to take. Yeah, I mean, it took me a couple of days to figure out my trip to Wisconsin, so I can only imagine. <laughs> It's so no judgment there. <laughs> no, it's it's tough. I mean, I've done it before. Like when I in 2020, when I went to down to the US um, during COVID times, and I know I wanted to hit up. We had we were going to go to Hollywood Nights, so we knew we were going to that. And I desperately was trying to go to Dollywood and um, uh, Hershey Park, and I was like, "Hey, how were we going to make this work?" But weirdly enough, Dollywood and Hershey Park are on the same free, the same interstate, just very far apart. Like, yep. But they're, but they're on the same interstate, so we made it work. So it's it's it is fun <laughs> building those trips, but it's like, how much driving can I physically take realistically? Yeah, um, I found out that if I put anything behind um, a roller coaster, I can make that drive. <laughs> if, I'm, yeah. if I'm driving to a roller coaster, I can do it. Yeah, driving home, not so much. Oh god! Oh no! No, driving home—that's not the move. It's not the move. 
Um, okay, well, hey, let's just jump into this trips mm-hmm. drill. I'm I'm trying to look it up on. Um. Oh, what, what's name a roller coaster trips drill for me? Uh, Caracho. <laughs> one that I can spell. That's the that's the easiest one. The other one is Hobbs Uberkampf. There's also Voldampf. There's also Mammut. But I would say Caracho. I can spell Mammut. <laughs> Caracho okay. is the easy. I would say because K A R A C H O. Oh, this is actually Erisbin Park trips drill. Yeah, yeah, Erisbin. Yeah, Erisbin Park. Yeah, beautiful. Well, this is uh this is one I've been I've been looking at for a long time. Uh, when I think about this park, I think about like the 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 log flume that has the bathtub. I think about a wild mouse coaster. I think did, did this just does it have an indoor part? This is just this is about all I know about the park. So I'm excited to hear what you had to say about it. Yes, this is this was a bonus park. So we had actually booked our entire trip without thinking that we were going to go to Tripstrill. Um, because our original flight that was going to land us in Stuttgart when we were originally going was going to get us there at like 8 or 9 p.m. But then mm-hmm. British Airways changed our flight. And so it was we were actually landing in Stuttgart at 1 p.m. And we're like, we could do the sensible thing that after my red eye, going straight to Europa Park, checking in and having a relaxing day. Or we could have an insane day and go to Tripstrill because it's only 45, 50 minutes from Stuttgart. We're like, fuck it, let's go. Let's just do it. <laughs> and so we we did. And it was, um, I had no expectations of this park. All I knew about it is that it had the new Vacoma suspended looping code, like the new generation of that. Yeah. Um, I knew nothing funny. else. Yeah. I knew nothing about this. I'll tell this place. So I'm driving the rental car, running on no sleep. Into the middle of the fucking nowhere, into literally nowhere in in Germany. I'm like, where are we going? So yeah. we get to, get to Tripstrill, um, and you know what? It is a really cool park. So I'm going to start mostly with the coasters. This is kind of a how I'm going to do the format for most of these trip reports: is the coasters, um, any notable dark rides or flat rides, the food, and then just overall experience, staff vibe, that sort of thing. So. Coaster-wise, our first coaster of the entire trip was Habs Uberkopf, Habs Uberkopf, whatever, I couldn't tell you what the name is, the suspended Vacoma looping coaster, the new version of it, whatever that model is called, um, which was an absolute blast. I had no idea that thing could be so much fun. It was, like, I've been on Dragonfire Dollywood, which I think is, like, pretty intense for, like, a family kids ride this thing gives insane airtime what i love about this ride is it goes from giving crazy airtime to going right into a helix to pulling some pretty good g-forces it reminded me of some actually the some of the better bnm inverts for that but where it had sorry go ahead i was just laughing oh i thought oh okay i thought you're gonna say something because the positive g's on it were so good but the inversions i'm not sure like what people prefer on this, but they, these inversions weren't so much whippy as they were like graceful. Were they yeah. so graceful where they give you hang time? Like it was, it was a wild experience. So it was, it blew me away on my first ride. Will absolutely loved it. Um, I think it has really cool theming. It's in a like beautiful new area of the park. The station is gorgeous with the family boomerang, which I'll talk about next, going right up into it and stalling right above the, um, the, 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 the station. So that yeah. was cool. 
it was uh it was a really cool coaster. So I'm really hoping more of these come to North America. So this is I'm looking at the layout of this. There's there's four inversions on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it feels like a dragon flyer, but like beefed up, and then they're just like, Yeah, it's gonna flip you upside down. Is it yeah. the same restraints as like a dragon flyer? Same restraints. It's fucked. Wow. <laughs> like you feel so free on it. I will say I did prefer the back on it. We yeah. did. We wrote a couple of times. I did prefer the back on that. Just you feel a little bit faster. Um, but the positive G's alone, I thought it was more intense than Alpengeist. Because I'm an Alpengeist. Wow. I'm a certified Alpengeist hater. I think it's the most boring yeah. ride in the park. I don't know why people like it. This was like <laughs> if Alpengeist was good. Like with no – because there's no mid-course break run, of course. So you are – when you hit that break run, you're coming at full speed. Like it is – I was shocked. I was frankly shocked, but smooth, smooth. So yeah. And so, so it doesn't ride like an SLC. It's, it's. I should expect oh. an, a completely different experience. Completely different. Expect, expect like Dragonflyer, like double as tall, double the layout. Like expect that. Wow. But like, did you have you ridden Dragonflyer Dollywood? I have not. I've oh, been in the park shit. in a while, actually. Oh. <laughs> Have you ridden yeah. any of the newer versions of the the, the family? I, I, I get confused on which ones are SNS and which ones are Vacoma, but I've I've ridden White Light uh not White Lightning, Freedom Flyer. I that's SNS, that's I believe. Or, wait, Freedom Flyer, is that at six is that at Fun Spot at um Orlando? Yeah. Cause I know the one at Dutch Wonderland is SNS. I've rode that one. Uh yeah, as that well. one's so SNS. I think I do think yeah, the restraints are wildly different. I think it's I think it's uh the Freedom Flyer is still Vacoma. Oh yeah, so Freedom Flyer is Vacoma, yeah. Yeah. So it's but this is I think it's even a newer generation since Freedom Flyer because it's 2013. That that one's 2013. Yeah. I would say I would say I had no problem with the restraints at all. It did remind me of, you know, most of these newer manufacturers are going towards just that over the shoulder like a mock or an Intamin mm-hmm. style um, restraint. So very open an absolute blast. Um, yeah, nothing else to say on that coaster, but it was just amazing. Was that? Was um, that your? I mean, not to ruin it, but was that your favorite of the of the coasters you run here at this park? The park? No. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, I'll, I'll I'll be patient then. Yes, I'm. Well, I'm not going to go through every single coaster in this park because that would take forever, and I love this park. But I mean, there's nothing. The Wild Mouse is cool, and and actually, it's actually one of the best Wild Mice I've been on because it interacts yeah. with a log flume. Um, but I'm not going to go through every single coaster we rode at this park. I'm just going to do kind of the more three notable ones, I would say. Um, okay. I'm not even going to say do the family boomerang because it's cool, but there's nothing to say. But the number one coaster at this park is Caracho. Holy fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. my so this was my first. <laughs> this was <laughs> my first. Gir- Wait, what'd you say? It was your first infinity. My first story. My first Gersau Infinity. So when I was at Knockberry Farm, that was when Hang Time was having its moment in 2021 and was mm-hmm. shut down for the entire year. Which is funny. I got to ride Hang Time. I'm sorry, I got to ride Accelerator, but not Hang Time, which is kind of the opposite of most people's experience at Knockberry. <laughs> so happy I got to ride Accelerator at least. But um, Caracho, I am not going to spoil anything about the layout because I hope I hope you go into it with a surprise like me. It was totally shocking. Totally, completely shocking what happened, but it's a launch infinity, basically. And holy shit, 
I was not prepared. My sleep deprived one meal. I had one sad meal. I had some couscous on the plane from fucking London to to uh, to Germany. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I I had no idea it could be that smooth. I had been told by people that like that Infinity Coasters can be rough. They can be a little bit, but this was this was nothing of the sort. It was insane. I loved it so much. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Skyrocket for some reason. I don't know why it kind of gave me Skyrocket at Kennedy Wood Kennedy Wood vibes, but holy <laughs> shit, it was so so good. So. Personally, now I want to know what the surprise is, but I, I'll ask you later. Uh, yeah, I'll ask you later. Yeah, yeah, ask me later and I'll let you know. But like, it's just, oh my God. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. So uh, this is my favorite coast in the park. One of my new favorite coasters of all time. Wow. The only thing that sucked about this day, and maybe I should have mentioned about this day, is this day was this weekend they were heading into was a holiday in Baden Wurttemberg. Oh God, I'm sorry. That's the province or state that these parks, Europa Park and um, uh, Tripstrel is in. So the next few coaster days were very fucking busy. So Tripstrel was slammed and there is no skip the line pass or anything. So you're just waiting in the line. Um, Mm. But yeah, Caracho, amazing. Amazing. Um, (laughs) And then the last coaster I would say that's like really a standout. Um, I mean, I can touch on the other two just briefly, but is Mammut, which is the really weird uh, wooden coaster. I think it's in-house made. Do you have the RCDB up? The make is Cordes Holtzbau. Uh, is that? Wait, that's... Oh, my God. No, that's... Oh, no, the, and yeah, the, well, the trains are the trains are built by Gerslauer, but not the track. Yeah. Uh, Stengel designed it. Um. Yeah, it's super weird. Designed it's, by okay, ma- the Mammut was the first wooden roller coaster completely designed and built by German companies. Hmm. So it's just a it's a German a German made thing. You I'm know, just really proud to this, keep it German. I like I like that. I like that it was made by local German companies and especially coming from Canada where there's actually no fucking roller coaster manufacturers or anything. It's cool to have that all done by German com- companies. It is yeah. a very strange ride. So it was built in 2008, which I would say is kind of a almost the coaster dark ages, you know, like that that kind of yeah. not a lot of coasters were being built, not a lot of wooden manu- coaster manufacturers really up and running. I guess GCI was like sort of um, in their in their like kind of getting going and gravity group was like brand new so this was just a yeah. weird time for wooden coasters at this right right then and it was a extremely strange ride like extremely we sat in the front row actually because you don't we just got to sign the front row we're like or i guess there was a, no line for it so we just went on to it um yeah very strange a couple of tunnels cool a little rough but interesting very kind of boring kind of interesting <laughs> I, I don't i have nothing else to say about it but it was just very weird i legitimately always thought this was a gci coaster no and i just never looked into it but does it does it so does it run like a slow gci would no i would say it's that if <laughs> i it's like gc the their transitions aren't as um, quick as GCI. GCI coasters are more like this. 
it's like a CCI, yeah. but it has GCI elements in it. It's really weird. I I couldn't tell huh. you. Like, I would recommend everyone to go watch a POV of it because it's truly a wild, weird coaster. I, I didn't hate it and I didn't like love it. It was just, it was a good ride, but truly one of the strangest rides I've ever been on in my life. Like, weirdest fucking layout ever. Yeah. Well, shoot. Yeah. That sounds like a good little, uh, a good little coaster yeah. pick up there. You, you got plus six on the credits there? Uh, I didn't get the, get the the children's the Tivoli just because it was too busy, but got plus yeah. five. So the only two I didn't talk about are the Father Boomerang, the Wild Mouse, which I would actually, the Wild Mouse is probably one of my favorite Wild Mice I've ever been on because it's like a custom layout um, built yeah. with the Log Flume, which was sadly close. Like we were in line for oh, the Wild Mouse and then it went, and it was running, but then it went down and we were like, fuck it, we're just going to go home. Or because we had to get on the road to go to Never Europa too. Park. But Finishing up this day in Trips Drill, I'm not to uh, talk about it too, too long, but didn't eat anything here. Um, Nothing vegan, really. This was the most German park we went to. There was no English. There was like people were like people literally in line asked us why we are here. They're like, why are you here? (laughs) Like, how did you find out about this place? Because it is truly a locals park. Um, which I loved. I love that feeling. Um, everyone was super nice and the theming was amazing. Like you walk in, it looked like a Bavarian village. And then even just where the coasters are, it's just gardens and landscaping and just like fountains and water features and just t- like big, tall grasses and trees, everything like that. Mm-hmm. And it felt so open. Like there was big open fields where people would bring picnics and food because you can bring whatever you want in to the park. Not, none of the parks we went to had security or anything like that. You just walk right <laughs> into the park wow. and it literally reminded me of a Knobles. Just all they had to do was scan your ticket at the start and everything else you just walk in. People had the big coolers and everything, but I I loved it. I thought I had a really good feeling. I would go back in a heartbeat, and I'd recommend yeah. anyone in south southwestern Germany um, to go there. So yeah, another park I'm assuming you liked on the list was probably Europa Park, right? Oh yeah. What the? Is somebody fucking calling again? Is he Europa Park? The people are wanting to hear about Europa Park. I he's just butting in. He's so disrespectful. And what's he even going to talk about? Callaway? Is that what's I, next? I think he's talking about my hometown, Callaway Park, and the Riders game in uh, McMahon Stadium, which, I mean, that's cool, but I guess we'll give him his moment. All right, he can have it. All right, I don't uh, know what the audio quality is like here because we're at the Stamps game at halftime, and they're just blasting country music everywhere. Typical Alberta, I guess. But, uh, Mitch, I'm sort of sad, but University Stadium is a dump. It's a nice dump. It's a good-looking dump. It's better than a Regina dump. But it's a dump. Edmonton Stadium is worse. Commonwealth is worse. So I'll give you that. But it's... It's sucky. Lots of places to eat and buy drinks when you're on the concourse. But other than that, you, you can't even do a full loop around it. They upgraded their sound, so it's just blasting loud from one end instead of hanging above now. But it is what it is, I guess. Um, coaster stuff, I guess, because that's what you guys like on the podcast. Went to Callaway this morning, rope dropped it. I uh, went straight to Vortex, the arrow looper corkscrew thingy above. Just two laps. Decent enough time. I don't fit in those things, and I was very uncomfortable, so whatever. It was okay. Went on a couple more rides. Uh, I went on Bumble Blast, I think it's called. 
the man freaking out Myler spinner, SBNF spinner, something like that. But uh figure eight. It was fine. I didn't fit in that either. My balls were very squished between the restraints. A little hump. And then I don't know. It was a decent day. We got Dole Whip. Dole Whip was the highlight of Callaway. I, I, I might be over rags, but uh, I'll, I'll talk to you guys more about that in Edmonton. So, uh, gonna go watch the second half of this game. Riders are only down by three. Close one. Looks like rain's coming in. Um, but yeah, chat with y'all in a little bit. Well, Logan, as much as you rudely interrupted us talking, I love hearing about my hometown as always. Callaway Park holds a very special place in my heart. Um, there maybe is a story maybe I can tell for the off-topic off episode on the Patreon where my parents had to physically drag me outside of uh, out of Callaway Park, like physically as a child, because um, uh, I was just such a bad, bad kid, and they, they dragged me out of that place. And so good memories happen at Callaway Park. Um, and I hope you had a great time, as much of a great time as I did, minus the getting dragged out part. So, yeah. But... Before I was really interrupted, shall we go to Europa Park? Europa Park. I can't Europa. say it in a German accent. I can't either. I'm, I they have a German it, friend, but I just I can't pick it up. They say it like Europa. They don't say the the your part is very soft. It's like Europa Park. It's like Europa Park. Europa yeah. Park. Yeah. It's like all the vowels are O. Yes. Europa Park. <laughs> <laughs> Willkommen. Um, but yes, Europa Park. How are you even going to talk about Europa? This is a this is a, a huge park. This is what this is one of the golden tickets every year for the best mm -hmm. park in America. When I think about this park, I in think America in America. <laughs> Did you say the best park in America? <laughs> the best park in America. <laughs> Epcot. Epcot. <laughs> we are talking about Epcot. No, no but I, when I think of this park, I do think of like, okay, it's got a good, co it's got a lot of coasters. None of them are like huge standouts, is what I'm thinking. And then like the theming is going to be like Disney level, but there's going to be some thrills here. And then there's just a ton of dark rides, and that's that's what I know about Europa Park. Yeah, that you pretty much like nailed on the head. Like this park, I knew going in. That it was big, but I had no idea what I was in for. Like two day was two days was not even close to being enough to this. For this really, park. like it was, it was next level amazing. It's like imagine like all four of the Walt Disney World parks combined into one. Like there's elements of each of them because the Walt Disney World parks, there none of the parks have a lot of rides in them. Maybe except Magic Kingdom. Like Epcot doesn't have a lot of rides. Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. But imagine all four of those parks in one. You need you need four days at at Europa Park. I would say personally to really enjoy and ride and eat everything. Oh um, my god, that's weird. That's wild. It's, I, it's I can't even. I can't even think of how. Like I thought it would be three. I thought three days would be too much. No, well, two days I know for sure wasn't enough for me. Not even okay. close. Yeah. So three, maybe four. I would say would be your would be your a nice day. Okay. Um, because yeah. So, anyways, I will I will start like I did with Trips Drill. Mostly, I'll focus on the coasters, but I do want to save a lot of conversation afterwards for the dark rides, the food, and the mm. ambiance because I think that's where this park, like you said, Coaster Bro, where this park shines. Because I the coasters themselves, 
are amazing. Like I would say coming from a place like Canada's Wonderland where the coasters are kind of all okay. The This one did have standouts, but it also had something for everyone. A lot of uniqueness, but I mean, the theming just sent all these coasters over the edge. Um, yeah. I'll talk about my favorite coasters, and then I'll kind of move on to more or less standout ones, but I'm not going to talk about all 13. I do have park completion until Volt- Voltron opens, which looks amazing. By the way, if you can get to Europa Park next year, get on it. It it was completely done, so we got to oh, wow. see it fully done from the top of Euromir. It looks so good. It does look good. Yeah, like amazing. It's like the Gersel. It's the it's the Mock Infinity coasters model style. It's like Lost Gravity with multiple rows. Anyways, that's good. Yeah, is, that thing looks great. I yeah yeah. My friend Will <laughs> is definitely booking a trip next year to go back there because I'm I'm so jealous, but. <laughs> um, to no one's surprise, Woden was my number one standout coaster. I didn't know much about, I actually purposely went into this Europe trip without knowing anything about these coasters and these, these rides. I didn't want to. I'd only seen a POV recently of one coaster at Wallaby Belgium, Conda, but at Europa Park, I don't think I'd ever seen a, uh, a POV of any of these rides. Like, I truly went oh, in wow. comple- completely not knowing what was going on. So Woden, I mean, I love GCI, but this is like, if they, oh my God, I can't even explain Woden. It was so insane. It was so fast. It was so intense. It's like, if Mystic was longer, taller, and way more intense. Like I, the closest thing I can, I would say if, if the closest I would say is Thunderhead. It's close it is to it, but it doesn't have as many of the big sweeping hills as Thunderhead. So you don't get kind of that GCI kind of lift there. You get so much more of those little hills. There were some hills that reminded me of Ravine Flyer 2. And Ravine Flyer 2 is my favorite wooden coaster of all time. So if you remind me of Ravine Flyer 2, I love you. There is a part we can be friends. where the coaster goes over Atlantica Super Splash and into a tunnel, like into a curved tunnel. It The sustained airtime on that, and because I love drops where you come up and you drop further down than how you, than the, the, the vertical distance you raised. Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, in Ravine Fire 2, when you go over Peninsula Drive after when you're coming back and you dive further into the ravine yeah. and you feel like you're getting pulled down while you're in the air. That's so good. <laughs> So Woden did that for me and more. It was so good. It's my friend Will's, I think, number two favorite coaster of all time now after after this. It's going to be in my top something. I don't know what it, where it's going to be, but um, it was amazing. It was so, so good. Fantastic airtime. But, like, it, it doesn't let you take a breath until the end. Like, it is like, go, 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 go. And <laughs> even though it was built, what, 10 years ago? It yeah. is still the most popular ride in the park, like by a long shot. So, wow, um, yeah. So that's what end. Did you? That, that's amazing. I didn't expect that to be a, a great ride. No, I just didn't. I, I've never heard people talk about it. You know, you know, I didn't hear anyone talk about any of these rides that I went on on this trip. Really, besides a couple yeah. of them here and there. Um, now. I, I know that they just need to be talked to Europe in general, not fucking the United States needs to be talked about more. The fact that anyone can look me in the eye and say Canada's Wonderland's a good park after knowing that there's these European parks out there, I, I can't even. I no. Can't do it. Um, no. So Woden was my favorite. 
Um, my second favorite coast in the park was probably Blue Fire, I would say. I actually haven't ranked these. I think most of my friends know that I don't rank my coasters until the end of the season. So because right. I don't like recency bias. I like to like wait until it's all done and I've kind of sat with my thoughts on them. Um, but Blue Fire, yes. Blue Fire, I would say it's an interesting ride. It has the launches and mocks just aren't super powerful, but that's not really why you go for that. Like I, I still like the, I still like the launches on them. I think they're very fun, but yeah. there are a couple of really fun moments. I think the vertical loop is fantastic. Um, but I mostly think that there's this like heart line roll right before the brake run. Oh my God. <laughs> you go so slow on it. That's my favorite moment in the ride. Cause you get such like amazing hang time. So I can see that Copperhead Strike, which I have ridden, is an evolution of this ride. I think they did more thing. I think they did more with less at Copperhead. I think they had less space, yeah. less track, and I think they did more with it because the um, loops are give more hang time. The theming is better, I think, uh, at Cop- on Copperhead Strike, and the ejector hills. Like I think it's more just it feels more like a fast paced whippy ride. Blue Fire is very drawn out. It is, I, I it does feel like a test ride to me. So it looks I like wasn't... a cartoon coaster. Blue <laughs> Fire, it, yeah, it looks like it's a cartoon. It doesn't look real. Why, why do you say that? There's this huge overbank that looks like a mountain in the sky, mm-hmm. and then just like these huge swoopy elements that just they all look like they're a hundred feet too tall for what this ride is. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird 100 i mean 2013 right is that is that are you on rcdb is that the year it was built uh actually 2009 oh holy shit okay so Older this was i i do want to give them a, some credit this was the age before um small compact rides could pack a punch i really think the first one was maverick even yeah. that's not that small and compact that's actually quite late that's quite spread out but i feel like they they did a lot with that space RMC wasn't a thing. So I I understand that they were trying to go for these like big sweeping, big, beautiful vertical loop coaster. But I, I, I'm glad we've moved both Mock, Intamin, Vacoma have moved to the less is more model because I yeah. prefer the smaller coasters. Like, I mean, it's a reason why I prefer Maverick to Steel Vengeance. So there's, I like less is more for me. Yeah, I agree with that. So... Cool coaster, loved it. Um, I actually still really enjoyed it, but I wasn't like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that was uh, Blue Fire. Um, my next favorite coaster, which I know if Shockwave Dan is listening to this, I know he hates this ride. We have very, I was so I'm a, Dan, friend of the channel, friend of the the the, the show. He's been on, of course. Um, we all love him. Has been to. Um, uh, Europa Park because Europa Park because I think his husband's family is new, is from France or Eastern France near that area so they they've been they went in the winter and he hated a coaster I loved and I hated a co- and I hated a coaster that he loved and we did opposite I don't know what I just said there but the opposite we we were opposite sides of the 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 same coin on that one yeah so he hated Euromir I fucking <laughs> loved Euromir Euromir. Oh, I love this ride so much. The music for it, I listen to it to go to sleep now. It is, it reminds, <laughs> it's like the arrow chain lift music. It is so amazing. It is so fun. And it that coaster is wild. If you get the green train, your knees will 
for some reason, we we wrote this like 20 times. The green train will bruise your knees. <laughs> every, every other train is perfection, especially in the back. It is such a good coaster. You get amazing views of Voltron. You get amazing views of the French area. That ride, the oh my God, the music. I want to listen to that music so bad right now. It's so good. Euromir, mock spinners just do it right. Sierra Sidewinder, they just, they work. They're, they're so good. I love that, um, you know, I, I named you after this ride before I knew you loved this ride. I, I was calling you Euromitch this whole time, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a re- an allegory, if you will, to, to Euromir. Ooh, okay. The same. Yeah, I read books sometimes. Uh, and I, even words. though that's not what an allegory means. You mean an illusion, right? Yeah, that is what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> what is an allegory? <laughs> an allegory is like a metaphor. Huh. So it's like a metaphor on your name, you know? <laughs> Which I think just put me in a deeper hole. Okay, we'll move so the, on. Anyways, amazing <laughs> ride. I loved it. Um, I loved your mirror. One of the other rides that actually Will didn't ride because it always had a crazy line was one of the newer rides, Arthur. Um, the it's a sorry not it uh, according to coaster bro it's not a coaster just gonna point but, that out it's this powered coaster so it's not a coaster according to uh coaster bro it's a coaster according to everyone else so i'm it gonna looks like it, a fun dark ride it's so good like it is because because it i believe there is a gravity section because you go really fast during one part like you go like when you come out of the thing there you go like i don't know if they fucking launches you on the powered side or if you you go down the gravity side but it is it is a lot more wild than i thought and the story it is like very strange story but <laughs> i loved it so much i love the constant loading um the loading station that, that they were moving um yeah. and i only wrote it once and i loved it and i love that there's an indoor part of the coaster of the of the uh land what that it's in that you yeah. go around and loop around the indoor section and you're flying like it's a helix and you're flying then you go outside and go around the queue so it's a very that ride just oozes europa park for me like if i had to think about a ride that perfectly encapsulates encapsulates the park it's that ride between the dark ride the power the the, the helix the interaction with the queue the indoor section um, I just, I really, really like that ride. I like the feeling of it. And I love, there's amazing animatronics, which I'll talk about, of course, later. Um, so that, that's another standout coaster for me, I'd say. Yeah, this would definitely be one on my bucket list. Like I would not want to miss this. Like I would stand in, mm-hmm. I, w- I wouldn't count it as a credit, but I would stand in a long line and ride it. Cause I, I think it, I love a good dark ride, you know? And it's unique. You will never ride something like this. There's nothing like yeah. this el- anywhere in the world. I would say. Yeah, I agree. It's it's really good. There's a single rider line. That's what I waited in. So I in, I waited 30 minutes instead of the posted 55. So I I won. Nice. I won a little bit. Um, and it's in a really cool area. It's in one of the indoor um, lands. Europa Park has a couple indoor lands, and it's in one of them. And I and I really really enjoy that part. I didn't um, even know they had indoor parts. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's open. It's open at Christmas, right? So they have to have yeah. some 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 parts. Makes but I sense. think the the last coaster I'll really mention because the rest are like the rest are good. I really liked. I mean, the, there, there's a couple water coasters that are good. They're, they like I mean, um, uh, Poseidon was great, but I'm not. It's not like standout just a water coaster. Yeah. But I would say the last one that I really liked. Um, again, a lot of it for the theming is Eurosat, which is the the Moulin Rouge Can Can themed coaster in the big dome in the ball, like like the Epcot ball, Spaceship Earth. 
Yeah, exactly. There's a coaster in there? There's a coaster in there. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I know. So when it opened, it was originally themed to be a space themed. It was actually a very old coaster. It's from like the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. And in t- the mid to 2010s, like 2015, 2016, they fucking gutted that thing. Like I think they rebuilt the track. They got brand new trains and they rethemed the whole, not just the inside, the whole area. They Because it's in the France Pavilion and it was themed to like French space exploration or whatever. They uh-huh. fucking gutted that. And now it's themed to like going to see a can-can show at the Moulin Rouge, which is, you know, it's the, yeah. the, 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 everything oh, yeah. like that. And they're like pictures of like, in, in the queue is pictures of like topless women. I was like, wow, we're in <laughs> fucking Europe, I guess. I love um, this place. <laughs> so you walk right through the, the doors of the Moulin Rouge. The queue is so good. It's so good. You go through like the the dressing room, like it's like you're you're it's like you're performing at the Moulin Rouge. So like you go through a dressing room and you hear all the music. You go through the gardens behind, and then you go up and you kind of you're it, the the area around the station is like your backstage. You go past like the producers' door and everything. It was so cool. And then the music inside. I mean, it's similar to Euromir, where it has the slow spiral lift here lift hill. So around Euromir, you go up a space rocket and around. The um, Eurosat, you go around Eiffel Tower. Wow. So amazing, amazing ride. I thought it was so fun, so well-themed. I think they did a phenomenal job re-theming it. It it was consistently one of the most popular rides in the park. Like I never saw it with lower than a 40-minute wait. So it's. I think it's a really interesting way to reinvigorate an old coaster. That's awesome. I do have a question about one of these coasters, and I don't. Yeah, I'm a little sad it's not on your list because I want it to be good. How was Silver Star? Did you ride Silver Star? This is this is the other part where Dan loved this coaster. This was the biggest disappointment I would say of the eight day coaster trip. Oh no! I do not know what that coaster is doing at Europa Park. It is the (laughs) worst queue. It is outdoor uncovered switchbacks in this queue. it is fucking like the sun is beaming down on you. It is so <laughs> annoying. When you go through, you go past some cars and stuff, but most of it is the outdoor switchbacks, and it was awful. Mm-hmm. Then you get in. And There's a BM hyper, by the way, if you don't know. Oh, yeah, sorry. Stars. I guess BM hyper, I should have said. I didn't tell anyone else what the models were for any of the ones, so I'm, I'm sorry about that. Oh, Do you have okay. any questions? Maybe we can talk about questions on the Discord or another episode or something, but. Um, yeah. um, Actually, yeah, if you're listening, would you want us to have a question and answer episode about me and Logan's trips? Or like an episode or a segment? Do, do you want that? Let us know. That'd, That'd, be, fun. That'd be fun. We've never done Our a question and answer episode. Be fun. That could be yeah, good. Yeah, we've time. never done that. Yeah. Huh. Hmm? Oh, maybe cool. QA. That'd be a good time. Uh, uh no. Huh. Um but uh but yeah, so Silver Star. They don't have seatbelts, which is similar to all BM hypers in Six Nothing. Flags, Laurent, that sort of thing. But there's something, and I don't know if this is true, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but Will was telling me that he heard that rides in Germany that don't have seatbelts need to be a bit tighter or they need to be something else like that, which I don't know if that's true because Wodan didn't feel that tight and Blue Fire didn't feel that tight. I don't know what. But there's something about fucking Silver Star. They were slamming people in this ride. Like, I wow. know, and, and stapling is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with stapling. I get it. But every single person, big, small, everything, they put were putting their weight on this. Oh, I just knocked the mic. Sorry. <laughs> they, they were putting their weight 
on this. When they came over to me, they fucking gave it their all. And I'm like, really? So I was hurting. Like, I was sky rush leg thigh hurting. We were in the station still. And I'm like, this is not going to be a good ride. This is going to be bad. So we and I'm like I have I have never complained about this. I have I I think Skyrush is comfortable compared compared right. to Silverstar. Skyrush is com- or Skyrush is comfortable. Just because they are intentionally squeezing the shit out of your legs. And I and I don't know if it's that German law or whatever, but they were doing it on every person, just giving it their all. I'm like, wow. why? And then of course they were terribly slow operations and just un unthemed station, like a regular like six flag station. I'm like, what is this ride doing here? Like <laughs> this totally took and it's right behind Eurosat, like the the coaster which you're talking about, which is beautifully themed. I'm like, what are you what are you doing here? Yeah. And then like the ride is a BM hyper. You go to the parking lot, it's okay airtime there's one really good airtime moment which kind of reminds me of orion's ending there's a really good um airtime moment into orion's um ending break run that yeah. that was really good the rest of it i was like this is like it w- wants to be goliath of Laron so bad but it's not and it was just parking lot coaster it maybe it's because it was at europa park that it made me so salty but i'm like i hated that like i actually like that was, my, I would say, my least favorite BNM hyper I've ever been on by far. Like, oh no! Obviously, the obviously the restraints um came into a, a play. I yeah. did wait sixty five minutes for it in the fucking winding queues, and the operations were so slow. So I would be willing to try it again, but it is very bad. Like I Goliath of the Ronde, which Logan and I are writing soon, light years better. Oh man, that's uh that's unfortunate. Because it's all these, it, it feels like Europe's hypercoaster for a while. At least it was. I know they have a couple more, but yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the coasters that I would say stood out for me. Um, I can talk a bit more about them, but I want to more focus on the food and the ambiance, and also give some time for Holiday Park as well at the end, which is going to be nice and quick. Um, but the food at Europa Park should not be at a theme park. It is. <laughs> incredible it is served to you you are in a cafeteria line like any other thing any other park it's served to you with proper silverware and you get a proper porcelain bowl like a big bowl and every like you are actually with a like it's a it's a restaurant and they're yeah it's amazing it's so good so for anyone who doesn't know europa park is like epcot there is a land for every single or most european countries there is also more of like a whimsical land which is where arthur is um, it's more kind of like a fantastical elf land. I, I don't really know what it it it, it is, but <laughs> most of the lands are based off of European countries. So they did their best, and I would say they did it better than Epcot to wow. do food for those areas. And holy shit, it was. Some of the best, not just the best theme park food I've ever had, but the best food I've ever had. And it was cheaper than Epcot. It was just so well done. It completely was just, it blew me out of the water. We had these vegan um, potato dumplings, which is like a very traditional German dish. It's vegan potato dumplings with mushroom cream sauce. Fucking amazing. Mm. I had... And in the French area, they had these this vegan ravioli with a lemon herb sauce. I'm like, this is some of the best ravioli I've ever had in my life. It didn't even have cheese in it because it's vegan. I'm like, how yeah. is this so good? Um, but the best meal I had was in like the tropical tiki section of the park, which I don't know what they have that, I guess. Um, it, I, I'm not going to get into the issues of Europa Park, but they're kind of getting rid of some of the more um, offensive 
parts yeah. of their park that were built, but um, they still have a little bit of a, of a tiki section. But there was this restaurant that's one of the more popular restaurants in the park, and I and it was all kind of like Pacific food. And yeah. I had a pineapple and tofu curry with a mango and coconut soup on the side. Wow, I was one of my favorite meals of the whole trip of the five weeks in Europe. So. <laughs> They do food so well here. It is, ugh, I, I, I can't even, I, I can't say enough. I can't say enough about the food of this park. It's, I mean, and this is vegan food. The even just the non-vegan yeah. food was amazing. I, I think it, there's something special about a park that actually takes dietary needs like super seriously, and then like presents it like they would regular food that doesn't have an allergy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you go to some some of these parks, and it's like, oh. What can you really get out of Six Flags? You know, if you have a, a dietary need, it's like, I know my wife can't have gluten. She can get like a, maybe a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, maybe. It's like, why spend know. money on that? Why spend our hard earned money on that? On a hot dog with no yeah. bun? Yeah. And you, like you just go get a, a freaking salad with, it's like, oh, we, we have salads here. That's vegan. Yeah, and it's seventeen dollars US. So yeah, they usually uh, charge a little more too. Yeah, so Europa Park was amazing. I mean, I didn't even talk about this, but at the area by Arthur in the indoor part, they literally had a coffee shop, and they would get you. You can go get coffee, but it was Mm -hmm. called Jack's Vegan Corner. I don't know the fuck Jack is, but it was a whole cooler of vegan stuff, and not just like the grab and go shit. You find a Canada's Wonderland. Fuck that grab and go thing at Canada's Wonderland. That is disgusting. Yeah, this is like they had vegan donuts, vegan cookies. Oh. They had these, and and just were breakfast one day. I was like, I want something a little bit more substantial. They had a roasted vegetable and hummus sandwich, and I was like, that that's all I need. And then they had coffee, and you can get oat milk there too. So I was like getting my oat milk with coffee, and I'm like, this is just. It was just so nice to have an area where I didn't have to worry about ordering. It was like all yeah. vegan in this one one little corner. I'm like, that's all you need, and there's it it's all you need. So I I can't say enough. This was my favorite park of the trip. I'm not even going to spoil it. I'm not going to wait for the end. It was the favorite. <laughs> it's probably my favorite single park I've ever been to. Um, I think it it beats almost all Disney parks for me. I think the only two that it doesn't beat are Disneyland and California Adventure. Every it's better than every other Disney park I've been to. So wow, that's yeah. uh that's high praise. Mm-hmm. I need to get there one day. I would highly recommend it. I don't recommend going on the holiday that we did. It was fucking busy, but everything else. I mean, I would. I don't even know if I have time to talk about the dark rides. Like honestly, the dark rides themselves could be a whole episode. Um, they're amazing. You, dip into a few of them because i am interested okay okay so like, I'll what, what, if i was going and it's like hey i'm maybe there only for a day i want to ride a couple coasters maybe one or two dark rides what would you say are, are the elite ones there um the elitist one is piraten in batavia pirates in batavia um <laughs> i w- will say this is definitely on the part that's very outdated I, I think there are some racist tropes in in this in this ride i think i think there are they're trying to contain them and get get them over time and i'm appreciate the effort but it's still there it's it's during it's like very cool it's a, it's a it's i guess the idea is it's like pirates of the caribbean it's like almost truly a pure ripoff of pirates of the caribbean right. but it's set during the dutch colonial colonial period of indonesia so when the dutch basically subjected indonesians to their colonial rule so not the best time but the ride itself amazing truly 
spectacular. It actually reminded me a lot of the Disney World Pirates of the Caribbean in terms of like length of the of the ride, the um, updated special effects was great. And in the yeah. end, you go through a restaurant just like you do at Blue Bayou, but it's <laughs> at, it, at the end. So that ride, this is the ride that, that went on fire back in 2018. So this is yeah. fully restored, brand new. The queue is phenomenal. The queue is next level amazing. The ride is so cool. Um, the drop is great, but then it's a long ride, great animatronics, um, great story. I mean, I think you have to, there's a English in the animatronic and the queue is speaks English. So you can, you can get the story a little bit. Um, but very much Pirates of the Caribbean. There is many direct ripoffs of Disney on the, in the dark rides. And this is the Pirates of the Caribbean one. And wow. it is amazing. It's the elite one. It's so good that it's on their virtual queue system. Only like yeah. two or three rides are on it. So that is the number one I'd recommend for sure. To my, so the second one I'd recommend that I really liked, um, this is just my personal favorite. There is another newer one that I didn't like quite as much, but my personal favorite one was this um, fucking Omnimover ride. They love Omnimovers, by the way, in, in Europa Park, which is my kind of ride. I love them. Um, and it was an Omnimover ride about this an old woman who has dinosaurs, has like a dinosaur farm. And you're like just looking at all these dinosaurs. And I thought it was so fun. It was in the French section of the park right beside Eurosat. I'm like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck this is. This was the last thing I was expecting, but it was really cute and fun, which I loved. That was my personal favorite, second favorite um, dark ride. Their newest one is the one called Snorri Torin, which is kind of like their, um, they were trying to do kind of like a virtual dark ride where it was like, they go through dark rides and it's all screens and it, it, it it did it did it's like a universal dark ride it just didn't hit mm. for me um but it's cool and then they also have a haunted mansion ripoff um called ghost house ghost house gleiston it's a fucked up version of the haunted oh, mansion no. it it has a stretching yeah. room and it's cool you have a stretching room it's an omni mover but it's about cam- cannibalism so you see people getting torn apart. You see guts and blood and bodies and do not watch a POV unless you are. I was sitting there. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? So it's basically like Haunted Mansion, <laughs> but fucked up. So those would be my top like ones that I would hit. There are so many other dark rides that I'm not even going to touch on that were just kind of just okay. But those were my like most standout ones for sure. And you spent two days there and it felt like you didn't get everything. Um, if you were to redo this for the first time, how many days would you have spent and what did you miss? I would have spent, I would do four days. I would do four days. Um, I really did want to hit up their water park, which looks really good. So I did want to sim, like, we'd love to spend a morning there and then go to the park. Um, in terms of what I missed, I feel like I, I really wish I would have done their river raft ride, which is the original river raft that Chris Sawyer based the river raft ride on in, um, uh, roller coaster tycoon on because it was had the waterfall, like the, like the side waterfall walls yeah. and you get soaked on it, which I don't like. I, I, if I don't bring flip flops and a swimsuit to the park, I'm not going to, um, do, oh my God, your system has run out of me- application memory. Google. Hey y'all, editing Logan here. Um, Mitch's computer crashed hard, 
So uh, while we wait for it to reboot, I think I want to I want to dive back into that Riders game. Holy smokes, guys! We were down by three at halftime, and we came storming back in the second half. Bunch of crazy turnovers. Bunch of stuff happened. Riders are up by ten. Now we're like the last quarter of the game, fourth quarter. We got like five or so minutes left. Calgary comes storming back, and we're about to blow this game. Um, Rene Paredes, he is the kicker for the Calgary Stampeders. He's been their kicker for a long, long time. He hit 500 career field goals today and joined a club of, I think, seven people all time in the Canadian CFL. And here he is about to attempt a 53-yarder to tie the game with 11 seconds left to send this ball game to overtime. So uh, here's some audio clips from that. Let's see if he makes it. So yeah, you can tell based off of the fans' reaction in Calgary that uh, he made it. Off to overtime we went. I was pretty pissed that we gave up a 10-point lead in the last minutes of the game, but uh, such so be it. Getting very anxious at this point that the ladies next to us started giving me directions to where the hospital was. So uh, some good friendly banter there from some boomers. And then, yeah, I don't know. CFL overtime, I love it a lot. It's the best overtime in all of football. Think NCAA, but instead of unlimited attempts, there's just two per team of minigames that start on the 35-yard line. And then a you can kick field goal, obviously, but if you get a touchdown, you gotta go for a two point convert to have a less likely chance that there's a tie. It's happened before, I think, in two thousand nine against the Riders and the Stampeders as well, so very much could have happened. And honestly, that's what I was cheering for. Calgary went first, we limited them to just a field goal, and we did nothing any better. We got a field goal as well. Then they go to the opposite end of the field, we have to go first, and we gotta settle for a field goal because we stunk it up. So at this point, (laughs) Calgary has the ball on their own 22-yard line, first and 10. I'm just praying for a tie here. That's all I want. I don't want to have to leave McMahon Stadium losing in this fashion, blowing a lead to our rivals in Calgary. Like, it's just not a good time. But then fucking lightning in the bottle happened, and this shit was insane. Listen into this. Nick Marshall with the game-saving, ceiling, interception, INT in the back of the end zone. He was the QB over at Auburn 2013. That was the year that Auburn had the dramatic 109-yard kick-six return against freaking Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Rolled high losers. Man, that's been almost 10 years ago. Dang, time really flies. But yeah, that Nick Marshall has been playing cornerback for the Riders for quite a few years now, and he came up with a massive play there to win the game. Very happy, Logan. I was a happy lad, leaving enemy territory in dramatic fashion. One of the greatest CFL games I've ever been to. Just super, super stoked that that happened. I thought we were going to lose the game. I was hoping and cheering for a tie, but nope. Somehow, in the most dramatic fashion, they underthrew the ball, and he was there to pick it off. 
y'all want to see the video, it's over on my Instagram under the Alberta Highlight Stories. Go check it out because, oh my goodness, I was so freaking happy, y'all. <laughs> anyway, looks like Mitch finally got his computer work again, and uh, here's the rest of the recording on the first half of the European trip. So uh, enjoy the rest of the normal episode. So yes, to answer your question about what I would miss and, and how I would do it differently, I think four days would be ideal Two, maybe, maybe, okay, I'll maybe preface this, maybe on a less busy time I could do three, but on a really busy day, two just wasn't enough. I don't think I had enough rides on some of the rides. Um, in terms of what I missed, I think I missed um, a lot of, I just would love to have done Volatarium, which is the flying theater ride like Soren. I don't mm-hmm. tend to like those rides. So it wasn't a, pr- a priority for, for us, of course, but I, I did, I wish I would have done that. Um, I wish I would have been able to get a second ride on Silver Star, to be very honest. I wish I would have had another day to be like, you know what, I'll wait in the hour queue and just get another ride, see if it's the same experience. Because I don't think one ride is a fair assessment of of that coaster, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I would have loved more rides on Wodan, Eurosat, Euromir, um, the dark rides. I would have loved to have tried more of the food places, but they also have so many amazing transport rides. Um, I mean, in addition to the, the the River Rapids ride, they have the the two monorails, which they directly um, modeled RCT off of, like the um, the uh, the like the covered monorail and the big proper monorail. I would have loved to have ridden those. Would have loved to have checked out the hotels, the water parks. So. I feel like two days in a busy town, I feel like I didn't like miss out that much, but I feel like that park and those hotels and the resort in general is so well done that I I wish I would have just spent more time there. I also would have stayed at the on-site hotels. So as Mm -hmm. you'll hear in episode two for Fantasyland, um, we did stay on the on-site hotel. And after doing that, I would 1000% do that for Europa Park, even though our hotel wasn't far. Um, I, 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 next time I will be splurging on that. So that's personally for me, if you're a coaster enthusiast, just for the, going for the coasters, two days is more than enough. But if you want a bit more of a balanced and you want to really see everything food, I would say three would be your, would be your ideal visit time. Awesome. I'm going to have to keep that in mind when I visit. And I, hopefully they recover from that recent fire, which I, we don't have to talk about here, but the, uh, Recent fire in Europa Park made me so sad. They lost their powered coaster, so or the 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 one powered coaster, not Arthur, the Austria uh, the one in Austria. But did you see the? Do you know the? But I don't know. Do you know anything about where the powered coaster is? It's in that beautiful indoor section with the log oh, flume. Really? Yeah, it's like real pretty. It's well, it's a it's it, it's interactive. It's completely interactive with the log flume, which is all indoors. It's the gold mine section, and we, me and Will, walked through it, and it's. So beautiful. That's a log room, log flume I didn't get to go on either. And oh. it was so gorgeous. Like it's beautiful. So that whole indoor part is gone, um, which was the main part of where the fire, unfortunately, was uh was uh affected the park. So I'm very I sad about that. Taken a spin on him. <laughs> Sorry? Had you have known, you probably would have taken a spin on him. Absolutely. I did do the powered coaster, so I'm happy I saw that. I'm happy we walked through that area too, but I would have loved to have done the log flume, but I just, yeah, I didn't have time. But mm-hmm. um, So that's a little bit of Europa Park. Is there anything you else want to know or maybe you, you'd be interested in seeing or doing what, if you ever visit that one time or the next time you are in, find yourself in Europe? I think I would really dive deep into the food. Mm-hmm. I think that enough would be enough for me to be like, 
I think it's really easy to go to like Europa Park and then like try to bounce off to other places because you've just you know you're traveling, you're in Germany, you only got so long. Yeah, um, but I think you clarifying that the food is amazing makes me want to really slow down this park. It's the best food I saw in Europe. Fantasyland's amazing, but their food is 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 good, but not great. Europa mm-hmm. Park itself is a food destination. The you could eat at every country over a course of a week and not have something the same because mm-hmm. each of these places have multiple amazing options. Um, I didn't even scratch the surface of the just the vegan food there. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. That gets me excited. Um, you know, I knew about knew about the coasters ish. It's good to hear that they're a little bit better than I would have anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, as much as I think we can finish off with Holiday Park if there's no more interruptions from Logan, but as I can see on my phone right now, I think he's calling again. One more goddamn time, Logan. I can see his location is the Calgary Zoo, though. Oh. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear about the Calgary Zoo? I love animals. Me too. And I yeah, grew up going to the zoo. I, I hate Expedition Everest. Love, you know, hearing about elephants. So let's let's listen to Logan. Okay, let's hear what he has to say. So if you guys can't already tell, I'm in the middle of a lemur exhibit at the Calgary Zoo. They have a spot where you just put all your bags and stuff away, and you can have phones and cameras, and you literally walk around inside their enclosure as they come around, so that's kind of cool. They got some hippos, giraffes, I forget what else we saw, a lot of other cool things. We had lunch over at the Safari Brunch, which is in the Africa section. That whole big buffet of like breakfasty items, some ribs, and then all your desserts and fruits and whatever you'd want. The typical brunch. Had a good time just walking around in the morning. Now we're just kind of, yeah, checking out the last couple of exhibits before we head on out and drive up to Edmonton. I'm thinking, definitely would recommend the Calgary Zoo to anyone who's coming here. It's a really cool place. Go get yourself lunch at the brunch for the Safari Cafe. And yeah, I'll check in with you guys when we get back to Edmonton at the mall. Wow. I can't believe that statement that he probably said that the zoo is better than Camden Camden Park. Um, <laughs> whatever this place is, was called that he went to. Callaway. 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 He, the zoo, the Calgary Zoo, I have to say, is quite beautiful. It's built on an island in the middle of the river. Um, it's a really well done zoo. I, I, it, I would highly recommend it for anyone who's in the area. Um, so I'm really glad Logan had a great time there. Yeah, we're glad. But anyway, Expedition G-Force, let's talk about <laughs> Holiday yeah, Park. Yeah, moving on to the good stuff, the important stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, the last park we'll talk about on this episode, um, nice and quick to end it off here, Holiday Park. This was a similar kind of idea on the way between um, Fantasyland and Europa Park. Holiday Park is a quick and easy stop, and it truly was. Three coasters, small park. Everyone warned us that it would be a piece of shit park, but you know? It looks really shit, cool. A piece of shit European park is a pretty goddamn nice <laughs> American <laughs> park. It was 
beautiful. Like I thought it was a really cool entrance. The indoor section where the um the kid the kitty credit is where the first credit I got was really cool. Um, the sky screamer is like a horror themed. So the whole queue was like jump scares and everything. It was actually really fun. And of course, um, a skyrocket too with no, uh, with no comfort colors. Like, fuck, it was next wow. level. Good. Really good. Um, but then of course, why we came there, expedition G force, um, in a really cool, pretty treed area of the park. But what I loved about it is expedition G force was completely interactive with the park like it wasn't some out in the middle of nowhere coaster you couldn't get shots of like like you heard from my trip report when i was there i could Mm -hmm. stand right under it and and get pictures get videos um i really love this thing it was it was good crazy like intense um it reminded me of an rmc where i was very hard to re-ride because it was Mm -hmm. so aggressive like it was a lot of uh, ejector airtime, especially near the end. The drop yeah. was truly incredible. Um, and some of the airtime, the first couple of airtime meals, but I definitely got six or seven rides on it. Wow. I, I, I was good. Like, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say, I know a lot of people have this to have it as their number one. I can see it if you really like ejector airtime, but the repetitive ejector airtime and the, the lack of rewritability just wasn't there quite for me. Yeah. Um, so I, I still loved it and still absolutely loved it, but it's just, it wasn't my number one ride, but it was a nice stop. It was, we were in and out there in three hours, got three rides on Skyscreamer and six or seven on Expedition G-Force, got to walk around that park. Um, and we left early and went into the city of Mannheim for lunch. So we didn't eat at Holiday Park oh. at all, but not a bad park at all. It's really cute, really well themed. Um, I, I really liked it. I think the staff was nice, so I definitely wouldn't miss it if you're just driving through. It's a great, quick, and easy stop. It's actually close to Tripstrail if you want to make those two um, parks like Ooh. the half day each. Yeah, I could see that being a, a great one-two punch there. Yeah. Now, so it feels like you went for Expedition G Force and you were let down maybe a little bit by Expedition G Force, but. You didn't expect much of the park, and and maybe that was uh that balanced out pretty well. I think I, my expectations were met for Expedition G Force. Like I was expecting okay. it to be like a crazy Millennium Force. Um, like like I knew it was going to be a lot of ejector time, and I would say my expectations were met. I did like it, but I wasn't blown away by it by like Wodan or some of the coasters I'll be talking about in the next episode of the trip report. Um, okay. But I I would highly recommend a stop there. I can definitely see people who love ejector airtime go. Like, you're going to fucking love this ride. Um, so, but I'm really was impressed by the park. Of course, not a lot of vegan options, but I, it's a small park in the middle of nowhere, Germany. Um, yeah. But there's close enough cities where you can go that. But that's kind of the first half of the trip that, um, that we wanted to cover on this episode. That's what's up. Well, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure you check us out um, on socials at solo.to slash coaster cuzzies. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We got it all. Um, yeah, come join in. And also, we haven't announced this on the show, but we got our first patron on the Patreon. Shout out to Craig. Actually, I didn't mention it on the last show, but that's all right. Uh, Give give Craig a shout out. So, um, Craig, the first person to ever lay ears on two of our off-topic episodes that we have exclusive for Patreon people only. And when I say off-topic, Mitch... We, we talk about we talk about coasters a lot. <laughs> we did actually steer a lot towards coasters. Um, I think it, we were very much in a coaster mindset because Logan's on away. I just came back, so I think I think 
what I love about them, if you if you listen to the off-topic episodes at, at uh, Prairie Coasting, if you're a patron, um, you knew that it was all over the place. It was very much, um, like you said, Coaster Bro, it was like sitting and listening to two friends catch up. Yep. That's what I love about it. That's why I love the show. Cancel Cuzzies. You can go buy it for, uh, uh, you know, buy access to it. And um, the money that you put into the show goes back into the show. So mm-hmm. shout out. We appreciate you. We do. Well, I think that's uh, that was a good intro on our good uh, episode on Europe. Let us know if you want to hear anything else, if you have any questions. Otherwise, we hope you have a great day. Hope you're having a great night. Keep your sticks on the ice, as Logan would say if he was here and not annoyingly calling us on his trip. Mm-hmm. And looking forward to you being back for the next episode. Cheers. See you later. Love you.